This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet is what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. At sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. All right, DJs, welcome back to the Golf Gambling Podcast. I am riding solo if you're watching on uh, YouTube or listening to this later. It's just me today. Uh, Boston Capper is currently doing a, uh, I think, a beer mile run. Uh, he was saying this for the past couple of months. Apparently, uh, I guess every quarter mile he's got to chug a beer. Uh, that's, I guess, a, I guess one way to pregame for this rule. But that means just me today. So uh, I'm recording right now at 1230. Uh, wanted to get this out of the way uh, before the Super Bowl. It'll be kind of short and sweet. It's going to be abbreviated. I'm going to jump, you know, we got the uh, Riviera coming up next week, which uh, is one of my, probably one of my favorite events of the year. Probably one of my favorite golf courses of the year, but I have in my article a lot of stuff about, you know, the holes, some videos, some flybys that you can see. I'll briefly go over that, uh, but I'll jump right into bagging strategies. We'll get you in and out uh, so you can enjoy your day. But I'm recording this right now. Uh, during the final round of uh, the Waste Manager Phoenix Open, um, got a lot of stuff on the on the uh, on the oven right now. Uh, it could be a really really good day for me, or it could be a really bad day. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Right now, I got Shuffle. I take on Shuffler from pre-tournament. Uh, I don't really feel all that good about it though. Um, we'll see. I also have Xander, uh, who man. That three-hole stretch where he just couldn't hit a putt, I really hope that doesn't come back to burn. But he's still in the mix. Uh, same there, Tony Finau. He's five back. He hasn't really gotten the putter that, that going all that much this tournament. Maybe he can do it. And then all these books are throwing some free bets my way. I kind of sprinkled a little bit on some chasers, uh, including Rom. Uh, just a little play. Uh, you know, I had a little bit of free bet to put on Spieth. Uh, he seems like he's doing pretty good. I had a conversation with uh, Jeff Nagel for a tournament. Um, you know, going back and forth about Spieth, you know, we'll see. Maybe he's right. And then uh, Sung JM too. Apparently, everybody's on Sung JM. I figured, why not? Uh, I had a free bet, throw it to a twenty-five to one for tonight. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Got a bunch of positionals too. Could be a really, really good day. Um, I've enjoyed the tournament so far, though. Uh, no complaints about the coverage <laughs> at all. Uh, I think actually CBS has done a really nice job, especially yesterday too. Just not only covering the tournament, but kind of getting a lot of the atmosphere involved and not spending too much time on some of the hoopla, but just enough to kind of get you energized. And um, I, I really, I really liked it. Uh, I thought the course looks great. Uh, I love how 11's playing. I was actually joking with Boston Capper about how uh, if we ever went to Phoenix, we wouldn't spend any time at 16. I think we would just sit behind the tee box on 11 and just bet on guys if they're going to go in the water or not. Cause that that's always fun. It pretty much every whole ball that went down the left side was going in um, a lot of a pretty fun hole. Same thing with number 12 to a lot of really good car crashes, especially the, uh, the hot mic with JT um, telling his ball to sit and then telling it to uh, F off <laughs> once it went in. That was great. Uh, I feel really bad for the guy on PG tour live running the, uh, the dump button. Uh, Cause it was rough. It seemed like there was a lot of F-bombs going on in the crowd and with the, the golfers too. But we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully it goes my way. Hopefully uh, I'm not miserable going to the Super Bowl tonight. It would be nice to hit an outright and a bunch of positionals. And, you know, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, uh, why don't we get right to uh, the uh, Genesis Invitational. But before we do that, 
Let's talk about WinBet. So WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network. Uh, WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's build-your-own-bet. Yeah, great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now on WinBet. So are you ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. Limited state availability. If you're watching right now, take advantage of that deal. Put a little bit on the Super Bowl. Be, you know, you're not going to regret it. Uh, and, of course, if you hit the, the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you at sportsgamingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-M-B-E-T. Offer subjects to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. Uh, before I get to Genesis, though, I uh, feel like I kind of got to talk about a little bit what happened last week. Uh, if you saw this preview, it got a little... Uh, Attention to Boston Kaepernick. I, I've gotten some feedback too on that show. Uh, I wasn't really proud of what happened. Um, I guess a couple of things I want to say. First of all, there's no animosity between me and Capper. We're fine. We talk every day. It just, you know, listen, sometimes you, when you talk to somebody a lot and you do a show, sometimes you get each other's nerves. It, it happens, but there's no animosity between us. And I think sometimes, you know, on this show, there can be perceived animosity. Uh, there isn't. We just like to bust each other's balls. Um, maybe it comes off a little rougher than I think. So maybe I got to watch it, but I mean, there's only been really two times I've been gotten mad at him. One was last week, which it was a big blow up. And then a couple weeks ago, I got mad at him for, uh, jumping on my point about Cam Davis. I am like that. So, um, but I, I guess, uh, we're fine. Um, you know, I, I grew up wa- listening to a lot of talk radio growing up and animosity was usually a good thing. So I thought, Maybe a little animosity if we kind of get at each other actually might be entertaining. And apparently it's not. Uh, so I'll try and be a little better in that. And then uh, I apologize for any coverage takes. Uh, I think I've just going forward um, only positives that I'll talk about because I'm not adding anything to the conversation. If I rip around the coverage, we all know it. It can be better on certain channels. Uh, CBS is great. Comcast, we'll see. Um, but only positive things going forward. So and, and just trying to be a little positive in general. Like sometimes I come to the show and listen, like, this is not my full-time job. I have a day job. I got a young kid. Um, you know, this last year, there's been a couple things in my life that has been a little stressful. Uh, I had to step away from the show, uh, you know, to handle something. And, uh, yeah, listen, like, sometimes I come in this, you know, on this show, and I'm a little stressed out. I try not to let it bleed out. Sometimes it goes through the microphone. So I'll be a little more cognizant going forward. About that, um, keep it positive because you guys don't really care about my problems. You really care really about make, me helping you make money. So why don't we do that? Why I help you make money? So we are going to the Genesis Invitational. Um, you know, I, this is another elevated event. Uh, twenty three of the top twenty five uh, players in the world are here. The only ones who aren't here are the guys on Live, uh, Cameron Smith and defending champion Joaquin Neiman. Uh, I am very uh, fond of Joaquin Neiman based on uh, him cashing a seventy five to one ticket for me last year at this event. Uh, it's kind of sucks that he's went over to live. Uh, he ended up finishing, I think, fifth at the Oman Open. So congratulations on Super Bowl weekend and, uh, you know, with the Phoenix Open, the, well, probably the most fun tournament on the PGA Tour, uh, you're over in Oman. Uh, I, I hope your bank account is really good. Uh, but the big fish coming here is Tiger Woods. He's back. Uh, this is his first official PGA Tour event, uh, not counting the majors. Uh, that he's here. I mean, th- it's kind of fitting that this is his comeback. I mean, obviously, this is his tournament. His foundation is a big part of the Genesis Invitational. But this is about two year, the two-year anniversary since that car wreck. I and mean, remember, he went to Riviera, and he looked just 
just completely zoned out. I don't know if it was his medications or what, uh, but he was clearly not doing well. He looked tired and fatigued. And then a couple of days later, um, I think he was heading over to maybe Bel Air Country Club uh, to do a spot with, I think, David Spade, which is pretty random. Um, but he ended up getting the car accident. Obviously, it was awful. Uh, listen, at this point, listen, you've heard me on this show. Uh, I'm not the biggest Tiger fanboy. I just appreciate his game. Uh, I don't get caught up in the hoopla or drink the Kool-Aid like a lot of people do. Um, I just I just appreciate him playing, no matter what happens. Uh, I just want him happy. And if he wants to show up here and be happy, if he makes the cut, that'll be great. Uh, I don't expect him to contend at all, but if he makes the cut, maybe squeeze out in a top 30 finish. It's good for the game of golf. It's always good when he's involved. So that's somebody to watch. Uh, you'll probably get a lot of Tiger um, you know, on your screens, which is probably a good thing. So, all right, let's talk about Riviera. Uh, obviously, like I mentioned, not going to go too deep into the course itself. Uh, there is a great video from Golf Digest going over each hole um, uh, that I posted on the, the – um, the article this week. Uh, I also, there's an, I linked to an article from uh, Andy Johnson, the fried egg. He goes in a lot more details about each hole. Why Gen- Riviera is great. I guess for me, you know, it starts some things I really like about the course. I mean, obviously you got the opening stretch, number one and number two, uh, basically two holes that are par fours and a half. I mean, that first hole, uh, you get your teen up 80 feet above the fairway. It's par five. Uh, if you don't come away with birdie on that hole, uh, you know, you're losing about half a stroke to the field, but then you turn right back and play the toughest hole in the golf course, 471 yards uh, back into the wind. Um, it's a tricky hole too. It plays with your depth perception. There's a bunker on the left side there that looks like it's right next to the green. It's actually not. It's about 40 yards behind it. There's a couple holes like that on this golf course where, you know, it just doesn't look visually appealing to you and it makes you uncomfortable. Number two is like that. Uh, I love the par threes though. I think that's probably my favorite part of Riviera is these these four par threes, they all have unique characteristics about it, but they're all really, really, really good. Number four, uh, it's a Redan green. Again, another hole with an optical illusion. Basically, there's a bunker. It plays uphill. There's a bunker on the right that's about 30 yards short. But because um, the, you know there's a large area of shaved off grass around the green, it looks like it's right next to the green. It's not. Um, green is very fast. It runs hard from back or front to back and left and uh, right to left. There's a giant bunker right uh, until left there. too. you can't really carry uh, the best way to probably get close to the hole is probably hitting a soft fade and letting the slope kind of funnel the ball back to the green. If you hit, try and hit a draw, I mean, yeah, you can get it close to the pin, but it's probably going to run through the green. And then you got kind of a tough chip back up the hill. Um, number six, you got the pot bunker right in the middle of the green. You've seen a lot of guys if they're on the, if they hit it long and the pins up in front, trying to figure out how to navigate around that green or around the bunker, try to get it close. Uh, number 14, it's a big green, but that's a green that slips really hard from right to left too. Uh, really tough to putt on. It's got some front bunkers up. It's got some bunkers up in front too, that if you do land in it, it's tough up and down because of how hard the green slopes. Uh, number 16 too, tiny, tiny green surrounded on my all sides by bunkers. It reminds me a little bit of like one of those tabletop down Ross greens with, you know, you got you know, the green here falls off bunkers, you know, short, you know, well beneath the punting surface, really solid par threes. Um, you know, and then obviously you got number 10, um, you know, guys don't really 
you know, unless your name is Justin Thomas, so you don't lay up on that hole anymore. You kind of hit it as close to the green as possible, trying to get up and down. They've also, you know, kind of trick up that green a little bit to make it a little firm, kind of challenge these guys. Um, overall, though, love Riviera. Uh, if you want any more detail on it, uh, go to my article, look at the uh, the video and uh, the link to Ann John's website. I definitely recommend reading it. So, bang strategies, though. It's why you're here. Um, what should you focus on this week? So, why don't we get into a little bit about Riviera, um, just from a you know, back standpoint, statistics standpoint, and go from there. So Riviera Country Club's par 71, plays a little over 7,300 uh, yards long. Um, so the yardage. So this is Kikuyu grass in the fairways and rough. Uh, Kikuyu is a very sticky grass, very uh, spongy grass. It, it's native to um, Africa, actually. And back in uh, the 30s, uh, Riviera was, was resided with Kikuyu after a New Year's Eve storm. Uh, it's sticky. It's named Africa. Uh, it's at Torrey Pines, but when you see the farmers, it's actually not there because it's um, it's overseas at that time. But uh, in at, at Riviera, it's still it's still warm enough where it can sustain itself. Um, it doesn't go dormant uh, like Bermuda does. Uh, and sometimes, if you find your ball in the rough at the Kikuyu, even though it's only two inches uh, deep at Riviera, it can be really consistent. Sometimes it's a you know because it's a dense grass, it can sit up. So you can get really nice contact to the ball. Uh, but if it sinks to the bottom, that's going to be really tough to hack out of uh, because it just grabs the club, can't control the face. It's going to go everywhere. Uh, greens are Poana. Um, so we've seen some Poana golf courses the last a couple weeks, you know, Pebble Beach, Torrey Pines. These are Poana greens. These are really slick greens, really fast. And because of how undulated and firm these greens are, you're going to see guys putting really defensively this week. Uh, you know, uh, we'll get to the skill set chart, but it takes a little bit of skill out of it because even with the best putters, you got to be really, really careful. It's hard to be aggressive on these greens and really go for it. You got to just be, you know, kind of, you know, tiptoe your way around some of these greens and, you know, make sure you don't three putt. Um, par 71 only has three par fives, but each par five presents a little bit of a challenge to itself. Uh, the first, obviously, it's it's one of the easiest par fives on the PGA Tour, but you have to act, you have to birdie it. Um, you know, and it's it's not a guaranteed birdie. Yeah, it's only like 400, 510 yards. Uh, it's pretty much just a short iron to the green. But if you're in that front bunker there, depending where the pin is, it's not a very easy up and down. You've also seen guys, uh, you know, hit it a little hot through the green. Again, not a very easy up and down. If you're not making birdie of that hole, you're really going to lose strokes. Uh, the 11th is probably my least favorite hole in the golf course. It's dead straight. It's right next to the, uh, the end of the driving range. But it's flanked on both sides by... Huge rows of eucalyptus trees. Uh, it's reachable if you're in the fairway, but if you're in the eucalyptus, you know, trees, you're probably hacking out. It just it doesn't really fit a Riviera. It seems like it's a means to an end to get to the edge of the property, so that uh, most of the back nine can go back into the wind all the way from hole 12 to hole 16, which is a really solid stretch of golf. It seems like this 11th hole is kind of just jammed in there to get to that point. I don't really love it. I wish they would probably cut down the trees, maybe do a little something with it, but. Listen, I uh, I don't own Riviera. I am just here talking to you on a Sunday. Uh, and then the 17th, that's a tough par five. Uh, it's uphill. You got the wind helping you, but there's, you know, some cross bunkers you got to navigate with off the tee. There's a cross bunker short of the green um, that you basically have to carry in order to get on it. It's a really tough green to, to put on. It's undulated. If you miss the green, it's hard to get up and down. Not easy par five. So, you know, it collectively, because of the first... It's fairly easy scoring par fives, but um, you know each one has a different challenge. 
Uh, let's talk about scoring, though. Uh, so Riviera is usually one of the harder golf courses on the PG Tour. You can see it. I mean, most sometimes we've seen tournaments where only eight under, nine under wins. Last year was 17 under. There wasn't a whole lot of win. Um, I think they got maybe a little bit of rain, too, before uh, the tournament. I actually asked uh, a podcast uh, friend, Andy Lack, what the weather was uh, lately because, as you guys might have heard, there was a lot of uh, rain at the end of last year uh, in California. Hasn't rained in two weeks. Um, course should be firm. No concerns. It'll be basically just like the tougher Riviera we've seen. It's really going to come down to how the wind is, and that's where the scoring is. Like some, Sometimes it can play under par. At Riviera, or close to it. It's not a birdie fest. But when the wind is up, though, with how firm that place is, it can be a nightmare. Um, so while the par fives, as I just mentioned, you know, a little easier than um, PG Tour average, um, or actually one of the easiest ones. Um, the par fours, though, they are the second toughest um on the PGA Tour, only of all tournaments with at least five tournaments since 2015, only Torrey Pines and Bay Hill have a harder collection of par fours. Uh, so, you know, listen, you're going to play uh, 13 par fours overall, third toughest on the PGA Tour. That's why your scoring is up. Uh, so, what makes Riviera really tough to play on? Well, first is off the tee. And of all golf tournaments with at least five tournaments since 2015, Riviera ranks the sixth toughest off the tee. And it's not necessarily because of the rough or, um, you know, the width of the fairways. In fact, the fairways are actually kind of generous, um, at, uh, Riviera, uh, but they're really difficult to hold. As I mentioned, this is a very firm golf course. A lot of these fairways are canted, uh, to, if you miss just in a little bit of the wrong spot, it'll, you know, run off into, uh, you know, the rough or something. So the average driving accuracy rate of the field since 2015 is 52%. That is the lowest clip of all golf courses with at least five tournaments since 2015. To give you an idea how low that is, I think Wingfoot for the 2020 U.S. Open, the one that Bryson won, I think it was only 48% that week. So, like, when only about you only got about a 50-50 chance to hit the green or hit the fairway, it's tough. And it's not very visually appealing off the tee, too. Like, like I mentioned, there's a lot of ways that George Thomas and through the years, Tom Fazio, Bill Corn, Crenshaw, when the work they've done to it, there's a lot of obstacle illusions, uh, a lot of ways you can really mess with your depth perception uh, off the tee. And once the ball hits the ground, you don't really know where it's going to go. Um, so that makes for a lot of really uncomfortable tee shots. You know, it does present some options though. If you want to be aggressive, you can take on the bunkers. You just got to hit a really, really good shot. Or there's opportunities where you got to club down to. It's also a tournament, too, uh, or a golf course where you got to hit it both ways off the tee. Um, and the perfect example is number 12 and number 13. Number 12, uh, it commands a draw. Basically, it's a dog like left. You got to hook it around the trees. Now, most guys can do it now with a three wood, but still, it's something you got to execute. And then the very next hole, you got to hit a fade. Um, it goes right the other way. And there's a lot of holes like that based on where the cross bunkering is, the direction of the holes. Um, you know, it's, you see a guy like Bubba Watson. He's won here, I think, three times now. That's a guy who off the tee shapes his ball probably the best of anybody I've ever seen. Like, there's some crazy shots you've seen from him at Riviera. I think his last victory, too, just this marvelous, like, sweeping just draw or, or, um, uh, fadey hit into I think one of the one of the holes too. 
just like a guy with a lot of creativity off the team, you know, has done well here. Um, so yeah, off the tee, it can be very challenging. Command you hit a lot of shots, um, you know, in order to execute. If not, you know, it's not easy to get close to the pin, which is very, there's a lot of very few opportunities to do that though. But even though it's, it is, you know, it does have tougher driving conditions. There's very little penalty to hitting an approach shot into a green from either the fairway or rough. And what do I mean by that? Well, data golf, they, they measure this uh, stat based on how much of a penalty is it to hitting approach shots from the rough versus the fairway. So basically they take all the shots, you know, using shot like data and they measure everyone's uh, total strokes gained from that point on. And it's the least penalizing golf course on the PGA Tour for hitting out of the rough or fairway into a pro shot. That's not necessarily these are really easy um, approach shots. They're not. It's with how fast and firm these greens are and how undulated they are, how tucked some of these pins are, getting these pins are really difficult. Uh, the, it's not like the rough either is all that penal either. It's, you know, listen, hitting out of the cookies, if it's buried, it can be rough. Like, it can grab the club face, but, you know, you can do it. I think why it's not penal, though, is more to do with the fact of how the golf course is designed. So let me explain how what I mean by that. So Riviera, especially where the pin is on the green, you have to be on the correct side of the fairway or in the rough in order to have a great angle. If you're on, if you basically are out of position, even if you're in the fairway or the rough and you just don't have a very good look at the pin, you know, let's say, Pin is back left, and on the left side of the green, there's a you know a giant like a there's a swale or a mound uh, right in the green. There's a bunker. You have a really terrible angle to the pin. It doesn't really matter if you're in the rough or the fairway. You're probably not getting close to the pin, and chances are, you know, unless you hit like a really small landing zone, you're probably going to end up in the same position either off the green or in the same area of the green as you would hit from the rough or the fairway. So I think that's why what it means is that it's the least penal golf course. And it's more the fact that if you're going to miss the fairway, at least miss it on the right, the correct side of it. So you at least have a look to the pin. Um, and overall, too, the green regulation rate at Riviera is really tiny. Uh, when you have about half your shots, um, if you're field average, about half your shots, uh, your approach has come from the rough. Not a lot of spin on it. These are really firm greens. You're going to miss a lot of greens. So the dry, the green regulation rate of Riviera is only about 56% since 2015. And that's the lowest rate of all golf courses with these five events since 2015. There's a couple others that have had one or two uh, events that are lower. I think uh, the Renaissance Club is one, mostly because of last year. But overall, though, just consistently year in, year out, really low rates of hitting the green uh, in regulation because greens are firm. You're hitting out of the rough a lot of it. Even if you're in the fairway, if you're on the wrong side of it, it's hard to get close to the pin. It can easily run off, you know, the green. Uh, let's have it around the green too. Um, so the bunkers are really tough at Riviera to play out of. Only in the stadium course at PGA West features tunker, tougher bunkers to try and get up and down from, again, of all tournaments with at least five tournaments, or all events with at least five tournaments since 2015. Um, Again, a lot of them sit well below the putting surface. How the greens are undulated and how quick they are, you really need to have precise spin uh, and just good control of the ball coming out of the bunker in order to get close to it. And, you know, that's that's why, like, if you're a bad bunker player, now, 
Granted, Victor Hovland has done very well here in two appearances. I don't know. I'm going to have to think about how, why exactly he's good here. But in general, though, if you're pretty good coming out of bunkers at this place, you know, you got good control. You can do well. You see it a couple times in this thing, like at number 10, if you're short shot, short side in the pins in the back, you've seen guys ping pong back and forth between bunkers. Uh, I mentioned hole number 16 or uh, hole number 14, too. If you're one of those bunkers, it's really tough to get up and down from because of how severely sloped some of those greens are. So you got to be really good coming out of these bunkers. If not, you know, you're probably going to have a tough time getting it down for park. Um, and then let's talk about the greens. So like it's West Coast po- uh, counterparts, these are Poana greens. Uh, they're very quick, too. So between the quickness and uh, the Poana, it's very difficult to read the putts. So only Tory Pines has tougher putts uh, under five feet on the PGA Tour. And only Tory Pines, Phil Beach, and Augusta National are top of the putt on between 5 and 15 feet. Uh, Torrey Pines and Pebbles because of the POA. Uh, Augusta National, very fast, slick, undulating greens, much like Riviera. That's why you see a lot of crossover between success of Riviera and success here. Blah, blah, Dustin Johnson, Adam Scott, just to name a few. So, all right, let's go over the relative skill set chart. Kind of an interesting chart from, from Riviera, more so about what it doesn't suggest versus what it suggests. So let's talk about off the tee. So according to data golf, it says that there's a very low correlation between guys who are pretty accurate off the tee and not. It almost seems like it's actually more of a benefit towards guys who miss a lot of fairways. And that makes sense for a couple of reasons. First, I just mentioned that the driving accuracy rates are really low, hard to hold fairways. So if everybody's in the rough, then it doesn't really matter. So you're in basically the same position that maybe at other events you'd be at a disadvantage than those guys. Uh, even if you're the, one of the most accurate players on the PGA Tour, um, holding these fairways are tough because not everything is right out in front of you. You can't just hit the ball dead straight like your Kevin Kisner. It runs a mile. The fairways run out. It'll go into a bunker. You know, it's it takes a lot of that away. Um, it also says that it basically has the same amount of, as for, in terms of driving distance, has the same amount of advantage um, being long or not as a normal PGA Tour event. But... You notice the last couple of years with some of these winners, um, Joaquin Neiman last year, really elite drivers, got some length to him too. Uh, Adam Scott, really good drivers, got some length, good combination of length and accuracy as well. Dustin Johnson, uh, Bubba Watson, really good drivers, J.B. Holmes even. So it seems like maybe the fact that, like, according to Data Golf, no big advantage for being long or not than any other typical stop might have something to do with the fact of how some of these winners were back in the early 2010s. Like Steve Stricker won here, Bill Haas won here, John Merrick won here. Uh, I don't think James Hahn is really all that special of a driver either. And all those guys won, but as drivers and equipment has gotten more advanced and you're able to control the ball a little more than you might've done back in 2010, you can be a little more aggressive at this place and carry some of the trouble a little more. So I think for me, I, I think even though this chart doesn't suggest that, you know, it's a benefit to be long or not, I think I'm probably leaning more towards guys who are pretty good off the tee, like in the Trojan categories and leaning more towards distance. It seems like that's more of the trend the last like five or six years. Um, approach play, basically the same as any other uh, event on the PGA Tour. I mean, obviously, being a good iron player, 
it helps. Uh, there are examples of guys, though, that might not be as strong in the iron categories just because they're really good around the green. And that brings me to my next point. Because the, you know, the green regulation rate is so low here, there is a very high correlation of guys who are really good around the green and really good at Riviera. And I've talked about a couple of ways it is because of how fast and undulating and quick some of these greens are, especially coming out of some of these bunkers. You see guys over and over and over be really, really strong around the green and then winning at this place. I remember last year, one of the reasons why I like Joaquin Neiman was because he his around the green game was really improving. That used to be a real disaster, but you know, his last like five, six, seven, or eight tournaments, he was starting to scramble pretty well. Ends up coming out and winning. Uh, Bubba Watson, pretty good and creative around the green. Dustin Johnson, pretty good around the green, too. Uh, Max Homa, when he won, decent around the green. So, you know, if, if you're somebody that is targeting someone um, who's not very good around the green, um, namely, I can think of Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland. Both those guys are struggling around the green at Riviera, and they still did well because they were just, just premium ball strikers. You know, that can be able to overcome it. But if you're not a very good iron player, if you're picking someone who's not a very good iron player and pretty poor around the green, like that's, that's somebody that's a media cross off pretty much for me. Um, but around the green is definitely something is really important this week. It's there's a huge correlation of guys who have a lot of success in Riviera. They're good from that area. Um, and then putting, there's actually a, a slightly less of a correlation between guys who are typically good putters and guys or isn't. I think I'm more concerned this week. Uh, with guys who just have experience putting on West Coast Poa. Um, I believe Bud Watson's also won at Torrey Pines. Uh, Dustin Johnson's won at Pebble Beach and then won here. Uh, Max Homa has won on the West Coast. Um, so guys who have had success on Poa, Anna, uh, I'm valuing more than just good putters in general because this is a golf course where you do have to putt a little defensively. Um, if you're good on the Poana, you know, in other locations on the West coast, I'm going to value it. Like, you know, be careful too. Uh, if you, someone that uses a lot of these golf, golf databases, if you're using Poana, make sure it's only the West coast stuff. Um, the East coast Poana, it's a little different. Like you see what, when you watch Torrey Pines or Pebble ball kind of bumps a little bit. Same thing here. Um, last thing was how about the approach shot distribution chart, uh, pretty defined. So about 49% of your, about half your shots are going to come between 150 and 200 yards. Um, a lot of longer approach shots from, you know, on your par fours. Um, you know, I know number 14 is 190 yards. Uh, number six is 160 yards. So that falls into that bucket too. Um, number 16, I think is like 175. So a lot of your approach shots are going to come from that range, especially it's important too with these par threes, how tough they are. Basically, try and just get out of there with the par. Um, you got to be good from that range. So, combining with 125 to 150, which is less than your average amount of shots than your typical PG Tour average, if you take between 125 and 200 this week, it's going to cover about 65% of your shots. That's a pretty large sample size. And then after that, you know, from over 200, uh, it's about 25%. So those are probably your par fives. Um, technically, I guess your approach shot on uh, number 10 is your drive. Um, number four is also over 200 yards. 
So, but it's only about 25% of your total shots. And then under 125, it's only about 11%. Don't worry about your, you know, your short iron wedge game this week. Um, those are really the approach shot distribution charts you really should, or buckets to look at. So with your scoring stats, your proximity stats, focus primarily on between 125 and 200. That'll get you most of what you need. Uh, if you're going to weight it, weight more 150 to 200, though. But don't forget about 125 to 150. It's still about, you know, one in seven shots you hit. So about two and a half per round. Um, don't forget about those either. Throw it in your model. Just don't weight it as heavily. So just overall, just to summarize what I'm looking for this week at uh, a Riviera. Uh, past success at Riviera is always a plus. This is one of the tournaments where um, usually guys who are pretty good annually at this stop are usually pretty good, you know, bets to make. Uh, so course history is pretty good here to, you know, especially putting on these West Coast Poana greens. Uh, that's a plus. Um, I am going to look for good drivers. I, I think the trend the last like five or six years of just guys who are really good in show skiing off the tee and mostly do it because of their distance. Um, those are guys I'm real. I'm going to shade more towards. If you're a shorter hitter, you know, you still can do well here, but you got to have a really good short game. Maybe you're a good iron player from 150 to 200 as well. Um, you know, that'll be what I still consider, or maybe you got really good poet history, but I, I do think just based on, I, you know, the guys who've won this thing and just overall, the best players on the PGA tour are generally just really good drivers, kind of like what we're seeing at Phoenix. Um, I think it's probably where I'm going to shade most of my bets towards, um, players who excel between 115, and 200 yards. Like I just talked about really good scramblers too. Um, that's by far the most correlated trait of all guys who have been really good at Riviera. Um, you know, if you're not a really good scrambler, you got to give me a really good reason why either you're just an elite iron player. Um, that's primarily it. I mean, you're Hovland Morikawa's, um, you know, if you're not really a scrambler off the tee or really, yeah, really good scrambler, I don't really care so much about the off the tee stuff. Like, um, well I do. That's actually scratch that. Okay. I've been rambling for a little bit. Uh, so if you follow those tips, you're probably going to put together a pretty good betting card uh, and a DFS lineup. So that's it. We'll be back tomorrow um, to go over DFS for Riviera. Um, as far as the official Super Bowl pick, I know I said on the show on Tuesday I um, was going to pick the Chiefs. I am, uh, after looking at the numbers, because I hadn't really done much yet, um, I think I'm going to join the crowd on everybody. Everybody seems to be on the Eagles. I think I'm going to join them too. Uh, I, I, I just think they have a better roster. They have a better team. Uh, I am concerned about Jalen Hurts. I, I don't think he's looked particularly good since he's come back from the shoulder injury. But between all the big names they have on defense and their weapons and how well they run the ball. um, You know, and also, too, listen, whether you like it or not, the Eagles have some sort of chip on their shoulder, even though they've won a Super Bowl and won a bunch of division titles and are not really the underdog, but they create a lot of narratives to make them seem like the underdog. Maybe the fact that Pat Mahomes got the MVP when Jalen Hurts um, probably should have been, uh, he would have been the MVP if he didn't get hurt. Maybe Sirianni will use it. And just as for the Chiefs, listen, Mahomes is great. Um, but just outside of Kelsey, I'm not scared of any of their offensive threats and you know i i think their defense can be had especially in between the hashes too uh it seems like they can you know the eels can run either goddard up the seam or aj brown crossing patterns a lot today um 
I think the Eagles are going to win. Um, I think it'll be close for most of the game, but Eagles cover, obviously. Uh, Eagles win. So Eagles money line for me. Uh, that's my official pick. So we'll be back tomorrow uh, to go over DFS for Riviera. Uh, good luck with your bets at Phoenix. Uh, hopefully it goes well for me. Hopefully it goes well for you. Uh, good luck with your Super Bowl bets. And we'll talk to you tomorrow night.